Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 8 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast with me, your host, Alex Murray. So this week, we're looking at the usual list of CVEs and vulnerabilities that we've fixed across the supported Ubuntu releases. And we'll also be having a bit of a chat about some of the other things going on in the community, like uh, the release of Ubuntu Cosmic Cuttlefish 18.10, and some other stuff we've going on, like a facelift of the CVE tracker. All right, so let's get into it. So this week, uh, we've fixed 15 unique CVEs across the supported Ubuntu releases. The first one I'm going to talk about is one in the Python requests library. So this is a very popular library used in many different Python applications uh, for HTTP um, interfacing and uh, requests, response, that kind of thing. And so in this case, uh, a um, bit of a niche issue, but one where if the site had set up a redirect from HTTPS to HTTP, so then the request library would go and send the credentials in the clear and therefore they could be sniffed on the network or otherwise discovered. So that's been fixed now to uh, ensure that those credentials aren't resent. Uh, the next thing we've got is a vulnerability in NetSNMP, so uh, the SNMP package. And uh, in particular, this one was a remote denial of service, uh, a bit similar to some that we covered last week, actually. But in this case, it was a crash from a um, yeah, remote denial of service that could be triggered by an authenticated attacker. So a bit of a lower um, impact, but uh, still one to update for if you use NetSNMP. We've had an update to the Thunderbird package. So this rolls in fixes for five different CVEs for Trusty, Xenial, and Bionic. And um, yeah, this is Thunderbird version 60. And interestingly, all of these CVEs were actually fixed recently for Firefox. And as you might be aware, Firefox and Thunderbird share a lot of common code. And so not surprisingly, we've now got a bunch of fixes for these same issues popping up in Thunderbird. Uh, we've got one fix for uh, a CVE in MoinMoin, the wiki software. Uh, so this was a, a cross-site scripting vulnerability in the link editor dialog, which would allow uh, injection of you know, arbitrary web content, so HTML or scripts or the like, into the page, which could be triggered potentially from you know someone forging a link or whatever. So one to update if uh, yeah, you've got a deployed MoinMoin instance. Uh, we've updated ClamAV. So last week we talked about an update for ClamAV. This week we've got a similar update, but for Precise ESM. So if you're a Precise Extended Security Maintenance customer, you've now got that uh, fix as well. Here what we've done is we've rolled out a fix for one of the vulnerabilities that was fixed or that was fixed for Clam last week in the other releases, and we've also bundled in uh, four other fixes as well. Now, interestingly, these four were all within the embedded copy of the MSPAC library that's within ClamAV. And so the reason that... Um, ClamAV wasn't vulnerable for our other releases for these was that we actually used the system package of MSPAC there. However, in uh, older versions like on uh, Precise or on Trusty, uh, we actually were using the embedded copy of MSPAC and so they were vulnerable and so the actual ClamAV package needed the fixes itself. On to probably one of the bigger uh, newsworthy vulnerabilities that we've seen in a while is in libssh. So this is an embedded uh, SSH implementation written in C that you can use when you're embedding either a SSH client or server, usually into some larger application. This doesn't affect uh, OpenSSH, so the widely deployed SSH server. Um, but what we've seen here is, a, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a brain dead uh, um, vulnerability where the uh, attacker, instead of initiating um, the connection to the SSH server by usually sending a SSH message auth, uh, user auth request, they instead send a SSH2 message user auth success uh, message. Now, 
this message is really only intended to be sent from the server back to the client when they have successfully authenticated. But in this case, uh, the state machine that was uh, implemented for the server-side handling uh, would blindly accept this and basically fall, um, the server would fall into the state where the user was then authenticated without having to go through any of the actual authentication process. Now, uh, as I said, this only affects um, applications who are deploying libssh in a server role, and there's not too many of those, thankfully. But um, yeah, if you are embedding libssh or you've got it deployed, you definitely want to be updating for that one. Now, uh, as much as that's kind of funny, uh, we've actually got the exact same vulnerability popping up in Paramico, the Python uh, SSH library implementation. And this is also used very widely. And obviously one's written in C and one's written in Python, but they both suffered from basically the same vulnerability where you could then send the, uh, again, the SSH, user message, uh, SSH to message user or success in place of the request message and be automatically authenticated. And in this case, there was due to uh, a large amount of code reuse that happened in the Python library, uh, where they would reuse the same class for both the authentication handling of the server and the client. And in this case, you've essentially got the, uh, because you've sent the message that is usually sent from the server to the client, but instead sending it to the server, the server then runs the code path that would normally be run on the client when uh, receiving that um, the success message and it would flip the flag that says uh, that they're authenticated. And this same flag is then used on all the rest of the server code to know that the user's authenticated. And so they would automatically be authenticated without having to authenticate. So yeah, um, definitely two to update for. Uh, and uh, yeah, some, some pretty neat ones. That takes us to the end of the usual wrap up of vulnerabilities and fixes. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about that have been uh, going on in the wider community was the release of Ubuntu 18.10 Cosmic Cuttlefish. So this is the latest version of Ubuntu supported for nine months. And uh, a couple of security relevant things here. We've updated the version of OpenSSL to 1.1.1 and that rolls out uh, support for the newly released TLS uh, version 1.3 protocol. Uh, the other thing that we've got uh, rolled in there is a um, feature for enabling fingerprint unlock for the screen. So this relies on a couple packages, uh, libfprint and fprintd, the fingerprint daemon being promoted to main, which has happened uh, during the 1810 development cycle. And so what this allows you to do is when you create a user using the uh, user properties dialog in uh, the settings, you can uh, enable a fingerprint uh, unlock and enroll your fingerprint if you have supported hardware and you will be able to use that uh, to unlock the screen or to potentially log in if you so choose. Now, interesting to note, uh, the security team, uh, we consider that uh, fingerprints are really like usernames, not like passwords. Unfortunately, they're, um, it's far too easy to obtain someone's fingerprint uh, without them knowing it. And so they're not really a private um, secret that you can protect. So we consider them more like usernames and hence why this isn't enabled by default. But if you're, um, yeah, if it's the kind of thing you want to use and deploy, you now certainly can and it's inter uh, all integrated. The other thing I want to talk about is that uh, as a security team, we maintain the CVE tracker for Ubuntu, which is basically a bunch of web pages that contain all the information within our um, CVE database. And as a team, we use this to uh, track the work we're doing, 
uh, track details of CVEs and uh, prioritize them, that kind of thing. And uh, so we've given it a, a brand new facelift. We've deployed uh, some of the bootstrap theming to do that. Uh, so yeah, um, that will go live probably within a day or so. So if you're a user of the CVE tracker and you like to browse it, you'll now be able to do so in a much more beautiful fashion. All right, uh, so that kind of wraps up uh, the other wider community things. Uh, the other thing is we are still hiring. Uh, we're looking for an Ubuntu security engineer. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already likely a candidate for this job. You're interested in security, you're interested in Ubuntu, and uh, if you've got some development experience, you're the kind of person we want. So please, I urge you to check out the link and apply. All right. So that takes us to uh, the end of this week's episode. A bit of a shorter one, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll be back in another week to do it all again. Uh, But until that time, remember, keep calm and enable automated upgrades. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.